Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of June 16. In the news, Azerbaijani forces try to advance into Armenian territory near the Hakari Bridge in an attempt to hoist their flag. Baku bans all humanitarian passenger and cargo transportation through the Lachin Corridor, and two Indian nationals are injured following an Azerbaijani attack on a metallurgical plant in Armenia's Ararat region. This week saw an intensification of Azerbaijani violence violations of ceasefire both in Armenia and Artsakh. On June 15, a group of Azerbaijani border guards tried to advance into the Armenian side of the Hakari Bridge in an attempt to raise the Azerbaijani flag. The Armenian side took countermeasures to stop their advances. As a reminder, on April 23, Azerbaijan installed an illegal checkpoint on the bridge, the only road connecting Armenia to Nagorno-Karabakh. On the same day, Azerbaijani armed forces opened fire at Armenian military positions deployed near the village of Der in the Sunik region. An Armenian border guard was wounded following that attack. The village had come under Azerbaijani gunfire earlier that day. The Azerbaijani side also targeted an Armenian military position near Rapan with a UAV at approximately 3 p.m. on June 15. No casualties were reported. Azerbaijan has been repeatedly violating the ceasefire in other Armenian positions, firing in the direction of Tretuk and Sotk in the Gerarkunik region also, using different caliber small arms as well as mortars. On June 10, they opened fire from, again, different caliber firearms at Armenian positions located in Garakan. This is in the Kerarkunik region, using mortars as well. According to Armenia's foreign ministry, these actions are part of Azerbaijan's strategy to secure more gains in the negotiations by intensifying the pressure on Armenia. After the Azerbaijani provocation near the Hakari Bridge, Baku banned all humanitarian passenger and cargo transportation through the Lachin Corridor. 25 patients and their relatives who were to be transported from Artsakh to Armenia by the International Committee of the Red Cross were turned back to Stepanagert. Passenger transport from Artsakh on the Stepanagert-Gori-Stepanagert Highway, which was supposed to be carried out by Russian peacekeepers, was also suspended, as well as the movement of Russian peacekeepers' trucks going to Goris for the purpose of humanitarian cargo. It has become impossible to transfer even critical patients from Artsakh to Yerevan, said Armenia's health minister Anahid Avanesian on June 16 during a briefing after the government session. Earlier on June 13, the Azerbaijani side deliberately obstructed the entry of people with registration in the Republic of Armenia to Artsakh at this illegal checkpoint that they've set up. The human rights defender of Artsakh said that at least three similar cases have been recorded since the checkpoint was installed, and in all of those cases, although the citizens had Armenian registration, they had always lived in Artsakh. Now, just for our listeners, when you have an Armenian passport, there's a stamp on the second page that lists your registration. Mine is my home address, and yours is yours, Rup. But these people were registered in Armenia, but their families and themselves had been living and in to know in fact that in Armenia, your uh, address of registration does not mean your address of residence. Well, and on June 14, two Indian citizens were wounded uh, from Azerbaijani fire in the direction of a metallurgical plant in Yerasq in Armenia's Arat region, where they were employed as construction workers. The victims have both undergone surgery and are now in moderate condition. According to Armenia's defense ministry, 15 minutes before that attack, the Azerbaijani side disseminated misinformation that Armenian forces opened fire in the direction of Azerbaijani combat positions near Yerasq, preparing the ground for their 
their subsequent attack. Just 400 meters away from Azerbaijani positions, the plant is a 70 million U.S. dollar Armenian-American investment project that was expected to produce 180,000 tons of output annually after being launched. The Azerbaijani side has kept the site of the plant under gunfire since June 13, targeting civilian infrastructure, including this morning. Again, they shot... Uh, in the direction of the plant. The firing has been preceded by false Azerbaijani accusations that the construction will cause environmental issues close to their border. The Armenian side has denied these accusations, stating that the operation of the plant is being carried out according to international standards and that Azerbaijan's only goal is to interfere with Armenia's economic development and hinder foreign investments. U.S. State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller tweeted that the U.S. is deeply concerned that U.S.-affiliated employees injuries. He further called on restraint along the borders as the two countries are working towards peace. The EU special envoy to the South Caucasus, Toivo Klar, also reacted to the incident in Yerask, stating that the EU is following the developments in the region and that all shootings must stop. On June 15, foreign ambassadors and diplomats visited the village of Yerask to see for themselves the situation on the ground. Among them were the ambassadors of the EU, France, Germany, Japan, China and other countries. Armenia's foreign minister, Arat Mirzoyan, called on the international community to take a stance against Azerbaijani aggression, emphasizing the importance of keeping the territorial integrity of the Republic of Armenia intact. And yesterday, U.S. Congressman Frank Pilon called on the U.S. State Department to hold Azerbaijan's senseless acts of aggression against Armenia with jeopardize ongoing peace negotiations and risk further destabilization of the Caucasus. On June 15, during the government session, Armenia's Prime Minister Nigel Pashinyan said that a meeting of the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan is planned in Washington, but he provided no specific date. And Pashinyan reaffirmed that Armenia is ready to unblock the transport and economic ties of the region based on the principles of sovereignty, jurisdiction, reciprocity, and equality of countries, emphasizing that any logic of a corridor through the territory of Armenia is unacceptable. And speaking of those talks, the last time that Mirzoyan and Bayramov, these the Armenian and Azerbaijani foreign ministers, met in Washington was at the beginning of May, which was followed by an intensification of talks. We saw, you know, talks happening all over the place. The foreign ministers were supposed to meet on June 12 in Washington, but four days before the meeting, at the request of the Azerbaijani side, that meeting was postponed. State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller said the postponement was due to scheduling problems, assuring that the delay did not reflect the state of negotiations and disagreements. And today during the government session, Pashinyan said Azerbaijan's attempts to create tension along the border in different sections is unacceptable and incomprehensible after the parties agreed to recognize each other's territorial integrity. Azerbaijan's ban on all humanitarian passenger and cargo transportation through the Lachin Corridor, according to the Prime Minister, once again confirms that Azerbaijan is carrying out a policy of ethnic cleansing in Nagorno-Karabakh. Russia continues to accuse the EU monitoring mission of failing to reduce tensions on the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan, claiming that the main purpose of their presence in Armenia is to drive Russia out of the region. This, according to your favorite person, Rubina Maria Zakharova, the Russian foreign ministry spokesperson. And well, she went on to say that there is no added value from the monitoring mission, reacting to the impending opening of three more EU monitoring hubs in Armenian towns of Khapan, Ijevan, and Yeregnazor, close to the Azerbaijani border. 
This past week, Azerbaijan also repeatedly violated the ceasefire in nagorno karabakh On June 14, Azerbaijani forces opened fire at farmers, you know, working in their fields in the Machkalashen and Jardar communities. No casualties were reported. And on June 15, Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev expressed his opinion about the potential peace treaty during a press conference with the Prime Minister of Pakistan. There is a prospect of signing a peace treaty with Armenia, he said. In order to do this, Armenia must show political will, according to Aliyev. He added that Armenia should confirm with a document that it has already declared that Karabakh is Azerbaijan. On June 13, Armenia's Foreign Affairs Ministry raised concerns that Azerbaijan was preparing the ground for new aggression and ethnic cleansing in nagorno karabakh The MFA statement warns that Azerbaijan has been reporting fake news about alleged ceasefire violations by the Defense Army of Artsakh. It further states that this is Azerbaijan's well-known strategy of accusing the Armenian side of ceasefire violations in an attempt to justify and prepare for a new attack. The statement also noted that the only ceasefire violations reported by Russian peacekeepers have been by the Azerbaijani side, and I'm going to add that if any reported, because we were reporting ceasefire violations and the Russian peacekeepers were reporting no violations yeah. at all. Well, the Armenian Foreign Ministry emphasized the importance of establishing an international fact-finding mission in Nagorno-Karabakh for unbiased and reliable information on the developments in Nagorno-Karabakh and the Lachin Corridor. This week, the U.S. Embassy issued a travel warning for American citizens residing in Armenia, warning them against traveling to several parts of the Davush and Kerarkunik regions, to all of Sunik, and to exercise caution near all international borders between Armenia and Azerbaijan. U.S. Ambassador Christina Klein visited Sunik this week. She said she saw firsthand the tense situation along the border and heard about pervasive security concerns from local officials and civil society. Azerbaijan's Deputy Prime Minister Shahin Mustafayev said that in line with the Russian-brokered agreement that ended the 2020 Artsakh war, Russian border guards, otherwise known as FSB, will oversee, quote, unfettered commercial traffic between Azerbaijan and its Nakhichevan exclave through Armenia's Sunik region. He told the news agency Report.az that Baku, Yerevan, and Moscow are now working out, quote, technical details details of this arrangement. Deputy Prime Minister of Armenia, Meher Grigorian, said that no such agreement had been reached. Armenia's position was and continues to be that the roads provided for in point nine of the tripartite declaration of November 9, 2020 must operate under the sovereignty and jurisdiction of the parties on the principle of reciprocity, he said. The Sputnik News Agency quoted Russia's Deputy Prime Minister Alexei Overchuk saying that Moscow and Baku are not questioning Armenia's sovereignty over those transit routes. Asked about the possible role of Russian border guards, he said that, well, that depends on the Armenian side. A lot depends on the Armenian side, <laughs> according depends, to the Russian yeah. side. Well, Mustafaev Grigorian and Uverchuk met in the Russian capital on June 2 to try to settle what Putin called purely technical issues, hampering the operating of the Armenian-Azerbaijani border for commercial traffic. According to an Armenian government statement, they made substantial progress on the functioning of the railway leading to Nakhichevan. Anna Vartabedian, the prosecutor general of Armenia, during a tripartite meeting with the prosecutor generals of Russia, 
Russia and Azerbaijan in St. Petersburg on June 15, expressed concern regarding Baku's failure to fulfill the humanitarian requirements of the declaration signed back in November of 2020 and attempts to escalate the situation. Emphasizing that since the signing of the statement, Azerbaijan continues to hold Armenian prisoners of war, 33 of whom have been convicted, Vartabetyan emphasized further that there is also direct evidence of the kidnapping of two Armenian servicemen by Azerbaijani armed forces on May 27. Referring to Azerbaijani attacks against Armenian positions and civilian infrastructure near the villages of Yerash and Der in recent days, Vartabetyan emphasized that they are a direct consequence of the lack of a clear condemnation. And in local news, the National Assembly of Armenia in the first hearing adopted a draft law submitted by the government on women's military service. The bill introduces a new mandatory military service for females on a voluntary basis. According to the bill, Armenian female citizens aged 18 to 27 can submit an application for a six-month mandatory military service. And we have an article about this on our website. It's quite interesting and a good read for those who are interested. On June 16, the anti-corruption court detained the former vice chair of the Republican Party and former minister of education, Armen Ashodian, for two months. Ashodian was taken into custody two days earlier for violating bail restrictions. According to Gora Brahamian, the spokesperson of the investigative committee, Ashotian were arrested for alleged abuse of power and embezzlement in the Yerevan State Medical University during his tenure as chair of the Board of Trustees of the University. And while he was also Minister of <laughs> Education. Yeah. Well, on June 13, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan made his first official visit to Azerbaijan after his inauguration. When speaking about communication channels in the region, and specifically about the road connecting Azerbaijan to Nakhichevan through Armenia's sovereign territory, he did not use the term corridor. Instead, he said the Zankezur issue. He also talked about opening a Turkish consulate in Shushi, which, according to him, will be a clear message to Armenia. Sarkis Khandanyan, the chair of the Parliamentary Foreign Relations Committee, told reporters that the topic of the wording Zangezur corridor is closed for Armenia. This is obvious as well as understandable for the parties who are mediating the negotiations, he said. Khandanian also noted that the Turkish president's statement on opening a consulate in Shushi doesn't contribute to the process of achieving peace and stability in the region. On June 9, Russian President Vladimir Putin met with Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan in Sochi to discuss bilateral ties as well as the conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Pashinyan emphasized that with the help of the Russian peacekeepers, food deliveries were made to nagorno karabakh although in limited amounts, and now with this new ban. No, this is old news. This is old news now, right? Yeah. Because of the ban now, the Russian peacekeepers, the ICRC, there's no humanitarian passenger or cargo being delivered. There were no further details from that meeting. On June 14, Prime Minister Pashinyan held a meeting with the Russian Deputy Prime Minister Alexei Uverchuk. Armenian Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigoryan also participated in the meeting. The Prime Minister said that the Armenian-Russian relations have a rich agenda and that the two countries are also working in the direction of implementing Clause 9 of the November 9, 2020 trilateral statement. Orchuk mentioned the meeting between the Armenian and Russian prime ministers held recently in Sochi and said that bilateral partnership is successfully developing. The Russian deputy prime minister noted that bilateral trade grew 96% in the first five months of 2023.
We'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast. On June 13, the European Council discussed the situation in Karabakh uh, and the Lachin Corridor during the discussion on relations between Army and Azerbaijan and the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh and the Lachin Corridor. The High Representative of the Union for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Joseph Borrell, said that Baku's installation of checkpoints in the Lachin Corridor opposes the process of building trust between the two sides. Morel further noted that although the EU monitoring mission can see what is happening in the Lachin Corridor from certain parts of Armenia, the corridor itself is outside of their jurisdiction, thus they do not have the opportunity to carry out a full observation. According to him, the EU is committed to contributing uh, to a lasting peace in the South Caucasus, and efforts are being made to resolve the situation. Well, Zakharova disagrees, but that doesn't matter. The earlier meeting of the sides in Moldova, as well as the upcoming Brussels meeting, are important steps towards the resolution of the situation, he said. He also expressed hope that Azerbaijan will receive the message that Armenia sent by recognizing its territorial integrity and will start paying more attention to the rights and security of the people but of Nagorno-Karabakh. Aliyev is more, you know, is preoccupied by making these declarations. You know, Armenia must present a document recognizing Karabakh as Azerbaijan. You know, all of these statements are lovely, but at the end of the day, Aliyev seems to be on a track of his own. On June 10, the Council of Paris unanimously adopted a resolution on the provision of urgent aid to the population of Artsakh and the people of Artsakh who have taken refuge in the Republic of Armenia. Um, This was issued by a statement by the uh, Armenian Embassy in France. The City Council also authorized the Mayor of Paris to call on other administrative territorial units of France and foreign cities to join the initiative of urgent support, the aim of which is to support the people of Artsakh who have taken refuge, as we said, in Armenia, and to deliver food to the people of Artsakh through a humanitarian convoy. And again, this too is old news because that humanitarian convoy at the moment is banned. Well, I hope this next one doesn't become old news very fast. Armenia Central Bank is forecasting 6.9% economic growth in 2023, while inflation will stabilize around 4%, according to the bank's governor, Martin Galistian. Inflation is slowing as year-on-year inflation May 2022 compared to May 2022 uh, comprised 1.3% in the consumer market, while a 1.8% decrease was recorded compared to April. The inflation rate is expected to continue slowing down in the next few months. But to be honest, my grocery bill is not reflecting that prices really, really have gone up. In, I know uh, that's the case around the world, but mm-hmm. sometimes we just, I'm, I'm, it's terrifying. <laughs> Well, the head of Armenia Central Bank, Martin Galusian, declined to deny the accuracy of reports in the Russian press that a number of Armenian banks have started to block Russian companies from making payments for electronics imports. Last week, the Russian business newspaper Commerçant reported that some banks in Armenia, Hong Kong and Kazakhstan had started to block Russian firms from making payments for imported servers, microchips, telecom equipment and other electronics. Trade between Armenia and Russia nearly doubled last year to top 5 billion U.S. dollars, raising questions about Yerevan's role in re-exporting foreign-made goods to Moscow. Jim O'Brien, the State Department sanctions coordinator, told Politico last week that the United States has singled out Armenia as one of the five countries helping Russia overcome sanctions. Last month, Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan warned that Armenia, quote, cannot afford to be placed under Western sanctions over its economic ties with Russia. And some... 
good news. news. <laughs> Athletes of the Armenian national gymnastics team have won three gold and one silver medals at the World Challenge Cup in Croatia. Artur Davtian won gold in the vault and silver in the pommel horse. Gagi Khachikian won gold in the pommel horse and Artur Avetisian won gold in the rings. That was a that was too many W's there for me. <laughs> Well, that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia and Artsakh. And again, for our listeners, we do have live updates on the situation in Artsakh and Armenia. You can find those on our website. We are constantly updating, following the news as developments emerge. There's concern of new attacks. Uh, we will be watching out for them, as we always do. Hopefully there won't be. So we do wish you a peaceful and safe weekend, and we will be back again next week. Thank you.